Mostly cloudy and 6 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Alberta students from K-12 will be returning to classrooms as scheduled on Monday. It's a wide spectrum of how parents and educators are feeling about the move from online back to in-person learning. Alberta Teachers Association President Jason Schilling says teachers are eager to get back into the classroom. Teachers want to be in the buildings with their children, with their students. They, it's what they want to do, and uh, we need to find a way to make it safer for everybody. The decision came after COVID-19 case numbers in the classroom dropped once province-wide restrictions went into place before the holiday break. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Light volume and dry roads is what we are dealing with this morning. We are running problem-free all across the city. We do have some construction bound to cause some backups throughout the day at Blackfoot Trail and 42nd Avenue in the southeast. We've got traffic signal work in all directions here until 4 p.m. Save on foods and save on time. Shop online, then swing by for a quick, safe, and free curbside pickup. Super savings online now at saveonfoods.com. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Taya Yusin. Police officers and military members lined the driveway of the Calgary Police Headquarters yesterday while a pair of CF-18s flew past to honour an officer killed in the line of duty. The funeral for Sergeant Andrew Harnett was held privately in another part of the city and because of COVID-19 gathering restrictions, there were no requests to line the route from the ceremony to the police station. Still, some bystanders along the way appeared to know what was going on. At a bus stop, a couple stood beside a bench, the man with his right hand over his heart. Harnett died on New Year's Eve after he was struck by a vehicle during a traffic stop. Alberta is reporting 989 COVID-19 cases from Friday, plus 31 more deaths related to the virus. Global's Courtney Davidson has more. The additional 989 cases comes from 13,540 tests performed on January 8th, equaling a provincial positivity rate of just over 7%. The 31 deaths announced Saturday happened over a range of dates from December 6th to January 8th. The majority of deaths were people in their 80s and 90s who were connected to long-term care outbreaks. Saturday's update comes just one day after the province confirmed a new variant of COVID-19, the South African variant, which had been confirmed for the first time in Canada in Alberta. The province has also confirmed four cases of the UK variant. Alberta remains under strict restrictions to curb the spread of the disease. Premier Jason Kenney said earlier this week they will now be in place until at least January 21st. Courtney Davidson, Global News. A sister in B.C. is waiting for her little brother's ashes that seem to be lost in transit. Courtney Baker says the ashes were supposed to arrive by express post from Edmonton to Vancouver more than two weeks ago. But after the expected delivery date was pushed back several times, she's come to the conclusion that they may be lost. Daryl Barker, Baker excuse me, died November 26th in Edmonton. That urn cost around $110. Um... It's due to be delivered on Monday, and what am I going to do with it? We don't have his ashes. The 36-year-old's remains were cremated at a funeral home in Edmonton and shipped via Canada Post to the family on December 22nd. It's 6 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is January the 10th. It's crazy how fast the time is going. And uh, here we are. So good to see people out yesterday trying to uh, just come and get some fresh air outside, stopping in at the garden center. We are open, but we are with physical distancing and limited people shopping. But everybody's been great. Um, we've been doing, the, the fit, like I said, the physical distancing. Um, we got all our seeds in, and we're having a big tropical sale. So um, sure good to see lots of people in yesterday and uh, and just getting their stuff, getting ready for spring, going to start growing. It is, again, I just want to chat a little bit about doing seeds and stuff. You just want to be a little more careful. Look at the timing. It is only January. You just don't want to get too much stuff going too early because unfortunately here in Calgary, unless you have a heated greenhouse or or some sort of shelter of some sort, um, we're really not planting until we get into May. So that's still a few months away. And a lot of the stuff, you, if you try starting it now, it'll just, it'll germinate and grow that much quicker if you just wait a month or two. Um, but if you want to do your some herbs and different things in the house right now, even some of your, your cool leaf lettuces and things like that, you can get going. You could even do in some of the smaller tomato plants. You could get them growing inside. And and, and just, I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to say is just pace what you're trying to do. Don't try and get too much going in the house at one time. Otherwise, you're just going to end up tossing a whole bunch out and restarting again. So because the stuff will stretch out, it'll get leggy on you. Um, not quite as much light at this time of year. So, but it's a great time to get all your planning in place. I know we're working with clients right now on on landscape designs and uh, getting them ready in the queue, getting the getting the product ordered up, and uh, and just like I said, working on designs, getting ready for the spring. And we did get all of our West Coast seeds and Pacific West um, seeds in. We have awesome selection, all Western Canadian. Um, so which is great and all and all Canadian. So again, just we have a higher standard for our seeds. So when you're looking at some of the companies, um, you, you are dealing with Canadian and they are a, a lot better graded seed um, selection than you're getting from some of the ones out of the states and and whatnot. Doesn't seem to be a, a shortage, but there is a lot of people buying seeds now, so I can see it getting stretched out. So if you are looking for things, come in and, and uh, if you see what you're looking for. And if you're a West Coast fan as well, you can come in West Coast Seeds. You can come in and you can order them through us and we can get them dropped off at the store for you. And it just saves you any kind of freight or postal fees and things like that. So if you're looking, if we don't have what you want in stock, Usually we can get things within four to five days. It'll be in at the store for you to pick up. Plus you can pick up your grower supplies and things like that while you're all there. And uh, the seeding soil and, and the trays and all the fun stuff that go with it. So that's exciting part of, part of this time of year. I love that um, when we get going and, and just seeing, seeing the people out. And uh, it was actually quite fun. Yesterday we had a, a gentleman came in with his, I'd say probably a six or seven-year-old son is they're buying their first plant together and uh, they're pretty pumped about it. So it was fun. So 
Jen and I spent a bit of time with this gentleman and the son showed what he wanted. He goes, that's perfect. He picked himself a nice little fiddlehead fig. We transplanted it for him and, uh, and they're off to, to let their new plant grow that they've, uh, haven't tried before. So they're on a new plant adventure. So, and we're seeing a lot of that during this COVID thing. So there's been some good things that come out of it, not just the negative. A lot of people have gotten into gardening. I think they've maybe found some new passion besides vodka, which is, <laughs> it's still out there too. I can have a little vodka after you, after you garden, I guess it's uh but it's nothing like getting out there, <clears throat> excuse me, and just doing some gardening and uh, working out in the yard it releases a lot of stress, gets you that vitamin D that you're looking for and all that other fun stuff. A couple things going to happen today. We're going to get Brad the Birdman. We're going to chat about some birds. So if you want to listen in on that, Brad's going to call in around 920, and we're going to chat about that. And Jen will be calling in probably closer to like 10.05, and we're going to see uh, what they got going there in the greenhouse. And uh, just a reminder, if you are buying plants, um, ensure that wherever you're buying them, get them wrapped in. Today's going to be not a bad day. If it gets up to that plus five or six, you don't necessarily need to wrap them when you're taking them out. But below that, you definitely do. And if you're buying a plant in a pot, uh, don't forget to ask us to transplant that for free for you. We will love to do that at the store. And all kinds of other fun things arriving. It, it's just, at this time of year, it's fun. Everyone thinks, oh, it's slow at the garden centers. But this is when we start getting all our new product in. I know our back receiving Quonset is almost full. Bunch of new fountains, water jugs, water can, all kinds of new pots going to be coming into the store. So um, it's sort of a exciting time of year when we start seeing everything arrive. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. Or if you're from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we can chat what's going on in the garden. One thing I've noticed um, or haven't noticed as much is is the black knot, So, which is good. But this time of year is when you really want to get outside as well and you, and you take a look at your trees and shrubs and you're going to look for dead damage or disease branching. Black knot is always a big one that uh, infiltrates our, our calorie canopy, typically on May days, Schubert choke cherries, and if you have any of the, the native choke cherries as well. And you'll get more of it if you live closer to some of the green spaces um, up in northwest Calgary, evergreen area down in Sundance and things like that. A lot, whenever there's a, a lot of those native choke cherries in the, in the natural forest, it, it, it does spread quite easily. So, but it's good to see, I think we're getting a bit of a con containment on that, which is, uh, it's nice to see a lot of people have removed a lot of the, the, the Schubert's and the Maydays that were just totally contaminated with that, uh, that black knot fungus. But this is the time of year when you want to get out and look at your up in your trees. If you see lots of crisscrossing branches where they're rubbing all over each other, now's the time to to give uh, an arborist a call. You can give guys that printed up a shout or or any good certified arborist that they'd be coming out to, to look after you and, and make sure you get your trees pruned properly. A good a properly pruned tree, a lot of times you don't notice 
that they've been pruned. Like if you're, if you're looking to get that, take uh, three feet off the top <laughs> all the way around, um, you're probably not calling a good arborist. Like they, like the guys who are doing it properly typically won't recommend or won't do that <laughs> unless it's one that's been done and is reshaping. But for the most part, you're doing crisscrossing branches, rubbing, dead damage or diseased just to ensure and then that will encourage all that great growth in the springtime so now is the time to start looking at your trees and shrubs and it's been a great winter for our trees and shrubs with all the snow cover which is it's great this sort of keeps them frozen keeps them protected there's enough moisture in the ground that hopefully won't see a whole lot of desiccation this spring. And it's melting slowly. Like even today, we're going to get that plus five, tomorrow plus six again, and one more day. Those are just great slow melting days. The water gets into the into the ground, which is just great for the trees. It's, it's going to be um, just building that moisture table up. So that way, first thing in the spring, that when the tree starts to foliate, all that energy sitting there, the moisture is there, so it can put all the foliage up into its branches, and the, that makes a big, big difference. Got a quick text here. Morning, Merle. I'm thinking of getting into veggie gardening in a very small way. What do you think of a raised prefab wooden garden you assemble? I've seen some online that are about 70 by 30 inches. Is that something you recommend? Does Spruce It Up sell these and built your own raised gardens? Do you guys sell the strips of veggie seeds as well? And do you recommend these strips? Actually, I do like the strips for certain seeds because some of them are really small. So when you're talking like carrot seeds or some of those ones, you just you end up wasting so many seeds because typically when you seed your carrots, you end up thinning out two-thirds of what you actually seeded. The nice thing is that, that seed tape, it spaces them out already for you and for the most part you get really good germination with your carrots it, it, the only thing is with the tape sometimes you don't get as many varieties that are put into that so what i would just recommend is uh, you can create your own or just get one of the little seed dabbers or just space out the seeds a bit on a piece of paper or some sort of thing and then you can just push them into the holes ahead of time because they are very if you're just going out of the pack you just you waste a lot of seed. And we absolutely, we have the the raised gardens built. And we have a couple of local gentlemen just uh, east of Calgary that work with us, um, Victor and his partner. They, they build actually a lot of our birdhouses for us, and they also build our raised gardens for us. So they're locally done by two great gentlemen and uh, keeps them busy and uh, – and provides really, really great raised beds. And then when you do that, I would just either use our spruce up all-purpose soil, or we also have the black gold. I think it's the organic um, garden soil as well. You want to stay away from some of the heavier soils. You don't want to necessarily use manures and and then some of the like actual topsoil in those beds. It's just too heavy. And you'll find a lot of the stuff will grow really, really quite nicely. And if you stick to tomatoes, peppers, a lot of the upper, if you're looking to do root crops, you're better to go into the ground. I've done beets and things that worked quite well. I know Leslie and I on the global uh, garden over there at Global TV, we had the spruce it up garden over there. 
Um, we had some great beets. We had uh, Brussels sprouts, all kinds of things. I think we had two, what did we have? There's six of our raised gardens set up just outside the global TV. And uh, we had those growing a couple of years ago. Obviously, we didn't do it last year because of COVID, but hopefully we can get that going again this spring and uh, and see what we can do there. But, and I think it's time for me to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me after the break, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And right now, I'm just going to take Janet real quick, and then we're going to go to Brad the Birdman. He's waiting patiently. He's probably feeding birds or sparrows off of his uh, hand right now or something like that. That's what he does on Sunday mornings. But right now, let's go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Hi there. Good morning. Um, How are you? I'm really good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's 221. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully a little more optimistic, you know. Like, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So that's all you can do. It is all. That. I've got some questions about my lawn okay. here. Uh, so I, okay. live, um, I live about 5,000 feet up uh, in the mountains here, and, uh, and mow, my lawn really is prairie grass that I mow. Um, yeah. And uh, I've had to do some trenching in the fall, uh, late in November, and so it, obviously there's nothing that's come back and it's snow covered. Yeah. And uh, so to prep that in the springtime, uh, of course, I'm going to remove what I can for rocks and stuff. Um, but what am I going to do? When's the best time to do some reseeding? What do I want to do for um, uh, yeah, just preparing it? Um, so exactly what you were saying, sort of, and depending on how deep the trench was, I would really try to make sure I compact that trench back in as mm-hmm. well okay, with so the existing pre- material. It's, it's four feet deep, so there's, there's okay, nothing yeah, coming so make back sure it's it. Yeah, make sure it's compacted really well because mm-hmm. – um, otherwise, when you start watering, you're just, it's going to keep sinking on you for a bit. Mm-hmm. So depending on what they, if they did compact it when they filled it back in, a lot of times they don't. A lot of times they just push the, the soil or the earth back in, right. run over it a couple of times. So what I would do is as soon as the like early, early spring is even – if you don't, if you don't have a compactor, if you can't get it compacted, is just get one of those long stretchy hoses and lay over it, mm-hmm. and just water that trench first, okay. so that way you get some good sinkage. And then wherever you see the hole starting to sink, just go down and push all the soil down, mm-hmm. and then just fill the trench back up with a, a good topsoil. Okay. It depends if it's like three feet it sinks or a foot. You might want to get some other stuff, but just fill the rest with topsoil. Pack it in really nice and tight. Mm-hmm. And then get yourself, you can this, if you have the same type of grass seed you had, uh, you can find a native type grass seed to match. Mm-hmm. I would just r- put a, rake that in really well. Mm-hmm. And then st- I would just start fertile or start watering it. You can fertilize your whole lawn. And that's something that native grass really responds really well. And I don't know how far you are away from our store, but if you're able to come get some of that, uh, the green it up lawn fertilizer, it will uh-huh. make a huge difference because you'll water way less and your your native grass will look a lot nicer and it'll, it'll thicken up really nice for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you and you water like half as much. So Okay. 
do you have some seed? Like, do you have that kind of seed and stuff uh, for? for um, we we have, we have a multiple. Like, we have some park seeds and things like that. If it's just like, and if you're mowing it to look like regular grass, absolutely. We have lots of great, like a bluegrass type seed. Mm-hmm. Like, a, we have a blend of five different Kentucky bluegrasses. So, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate and it's really, really quite easy. But the biggest thing for for you is you're just going to worry about that trench because, unfortunately, a lot of excavating guys they don't pack it really well after they do the the trenching because it's really they're not concerned. They're looking to get out of there as quick as they can, mm-hmm. and so it'd just be nice if you can get that compacted so you just don't end up going to do all that work and get the lawn nice, and all of a sudden it sinks on you. Right, right, yeah. So, but just putting that soaker hose in that trench. For for a while, this for a few days, and let it sink down, and mm-hmm. then just pack it down and fill it up, and you should be good to go. So obviously, when the frost comes out of the ground, that's when you're going to yes. be looking at that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. So you, yeah, depending on where you are, um, you probably if you're in the right in the mountain, if it's sort of early May, sort of first couple of weeks in May, sort of thing, right? Yeah. Or earlier depends on what the season does. So. Yeah, and we, we hope for an early one. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been very fortunate so far. We haven't had our, our minus 50 yet, so it's been, it's been okay. But I'm sure we're going to get it. I'm sure we're going to get it. So. Oh, for a day or two anyway. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much, Jen. Happy, bir- or happy, bir- happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? Actually, I'm probably just going to leave Brad on hold, and we'll just go to him after the break. I'll just do a couple more texts. Um, I didn't realize how fast that one went by there. And here we go. Hi, is there any way to treat your soil for slugs in early spring prior to planting? We um, Slugs typically come from more of an environment. They're not just necessarily there. You can add some diatomaceous earth to the soil. You can mix all that in as early as possible and that get rid of it. And just getting some of that slug bait early on and just try to watch out for the watering and try and just do a little, keep the water down a bit if you can in some of those areas. I know the slugs were really bad last year and uh, it just seemed to be, if you if you water quite a bit and even on the foliage, it tends to create that and it's a, it's kind of a, a nasty thing, and, and they love the hostas. They love all our great foliage plants, ligularias, hostas, a lot of the lettuce and different things like that. So give that a try and just look for some of that slug bait. It works really quite well. And I'm going to take a quick break for the news, and when we get back, we're going to chat some birds with Brad. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and six degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Alberta is recording an additional 989 new cases of COVID-19 plus 31 additional fatalities. This is from Friday. There are now 827 people in hospital, 132 in ICU. Quebec's province-wide curfew ended this morning with a few fines and arrests for non-compliance. Police handed out tickets of more than $1,500 to 20 people demonstrating in Quebec City and broke up a gathering in Montreal. The month-long curfew is in place to slow the spread of COVID-19 by eliminating gatherings. 
Another day, another single day high for new COVID-19 cases in Ontario. The province is reporting 3,945 new infections across the province in the past 24 hours, along with 61 new related deaths. Health Minister Christine Elliott says Toronto remains the most active virus hotspot with 1,160 new cases since yesterday. It's 6 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And right now we're going to chat a little bit of birds with Brad, the birdman. And the birds love the garden. And there's a lot of birds out in Calgary. So good morning, Brad. How are you? Good, Merle. How are you? Good. All the birds are fed this morning? Oh, yeah. I'm just just, just wrapped up. <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, they wait for you. Eh? Yeah, they're doing well. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um. So right now, again, um, we've had some pretty decent weather. But one thing I'm noticing, lots of even like the critters, but I'm sure the birds are looking for food right now. I know we had some deer in my in my yard there yesterday, and uh, I know a lot of the rabbits and things like that. They're they're running amok trying to find something to chew on. But I imagine the birds are doing the same right now. So what what should we be doing for our birds at this time of year? Um, especially with uh, that big heavy snowfall we got, like uh, the, the birds, you know, aren't going to be digging, you know, 10, 12 inches down to the ground to collect seeds out of the, the grass and whatnot. So it's important. I mean, they, they are going to go to the, the pine trees and all that and get pine cones and do that sort of thing. But with uh, all the different seeds uh, today, like the tree nut mix and then the sunflower chips, they're all, like I've said before, they, they're very high in oil content. And that oil content, even though it's been warmer, we are going to get, like you said, that minus 50 is going to come. Um, and it just helps the birds stay warm, uh, the oil content in the seed. And you uh, and the good thing, with, especially with this amount of snow and whatnot, you want to be careful that you're feeding the right mix because you don't want the millets and whatnot, because a lot of the birds will throw that out of the feeder. It goes to the ground, and, and on the ground it rots. And if you have rotten seed, that will deter the birds, uh, not not bring them to your feeder. And um, people may know that do have, or like with feeders and do a lot of birding, pine siskins, you're going to see them coming in droves this year. And it's just due to the, the lack of pine cones basically because um, the pine siskins eat those like crazy so whenever you see tremendous amounts of the pine siskins that's usually because there's a, a shortage of the pine cones the problem with the pine siskins they're a beautiful beautiful bird but they're susceptible to disease so the key to them is not having any of the food that will fall to the ground and rot so if you're feeding tree nuts or you're feeding sunflower chips any of that that falls to the ground, the birds will clean that up. If it's the millets, yeah. they tend not to clean it up. And you want to make sure that you're doing that because siskins are susceptible to disease, like to disease. They can get like salmonella and stuff like that. So if you do see the, the influx of them, you know, you might want to take your feeder down like weekly and give it a good clean. Um, and okay. everything else will be fine. But yeah. Okay, and I know we're, like when everyone's feeding lots too, it also brings a lot of different birds, not necessarily native birds, to our area, like this say like blue jays. And I know I follow the some of the bird 
um, things, cowrie birds on Facebook, a couple other things. And I'm just amazed at how many different birds are hanging around here all winter long. And, and when people are feeding them, like I said, blue jays are sticking around all winter now. So, Yeah, blue jays stick around. And then even on the outskirts of, like, say, the southwest or the northwest corners of the city, you'll get the stellar jays. Um, they're, they're a beautiful bird, too. Um, but yeah, there's so many, like even, uh, people like I, I haven't heard too much this year, but last year, especially in Edmonton, there were people who had Robins all year and that's, that used to be unheard of. Yeah. I haven't seen many of those on the, on the, any of the pictures right now, but yeah. I'm sure they are lots of Eagles though. If you're down by the rivers and things like that, but you're not feeding those unless you're, <laughs> yeah. unless, unless you're, you're taking your little dog for a walk. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're taking your little dog for a walk, and but you don't have to be doing that without a leash. Yeah. Um, so, but what about water? I know, I know, we've had a, a hard time trying to find a good heated bird bath. So, I, and I was, I know you can use some of that, like the heated dog dish, but and things like that. But if you do that, what do you want to do? To you can't just fill the dog dish up and let the let the the birds drink that what do you need to do do you need like do you put rocks in it or what do you do to to make it more easier for the birds to drink water of something like that yeah the the biggest mistake people make is exactly what you just said they either a dog dish or a bowl of any sort and they fill it too full so the birds yeah. need to be able to stand in it like you said or put some rocks in there and the key to it is water is very very important i mean they can go down and they'll eat snow like like a dog would but it's very important, and they it could still be minus ten. But if if anyone that has a bird bath will know, the birds still bath. They're in there minus ten. They're still in there flipping the water around. Um, so it's key because it'll freeze and thaw, freeze and thaw. It's cleaning it regularly. So most people will do that, depending on the weather, because it'll be a chunk of ice if you can't if you don't have something that's heated. But at least every second day, you want to go out and put fresh water, clean water in there. Yeah, and I noticed that, like I said last year before I moved, I had a. And this at this house, I didn't keep my I had one of those. Uh, oh, your gurgler. Yeah, the 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 basalt rock gurgler going, and I kept it going almost all winter until it went to minus forty for that week, and then it finally froze up on me. But man, the birds would go out there, and they just love it because they'd had just the water going for them all the time, like all winter long, and they just sit on top of that rock and just take a little drink. Um, so I'm definitely going to get mine going again for next year, but. Again, you said trying to provide some water for them, and so so they have something to drink, right? Without oh, drowning them. Sure. Yeah, and exactly. And the other thing too is when I go back to the tree nuts, um, that's when you're going to get your your blue jays, your you know your northern flickers, stuff like that. They love the big the big nut mixes. But if you want to attract all your like your pine siskins or your nut hatches, your chickadees, red poles. Uh, all those different types. They're all beautiful little birds. The best one still is sunflower chips because every bird will eat it, and there's absolutely no waste. Can't stress that enough. Just because it keeps your area clean. People get frustrated, especially in the summer. They see stuff growing under their feeder. With the with the well, with the, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But when people see the price, I guess they look at a bag of the sunflower kernels and it's whatever, like between 25 and $35 or something like that. But it's 100%. They're going to eat that whole bag. And it's kind of, um, dis- or it's a bit of an illusion when they see that great big bag at, at a box store or something. They see it for 16 yeah. bucks, 
but three quarters of it is all that millet and all that stuff you're talking about. They don't eat it anyway, so it ends up all over your yard. So, yeah. again, just finding um, a good quality bird seed. And we carry the Chinrids brand, which is a great – it's a local brand here in yeah, Alberta, Alberta which yeah. is – and and I know we try to do that wherever we can at Spruce. We try to find locally made products because that way you know what you're getting, right? And the birds, you're not putting them something that came from somewhere else, and you know I have no idea what it's been treated. It's been sitting in that bag for three years, and it's been treated with something. And yeah. so you want to make sure you're getting a good quality bird feed for your birds yeah. if you're gonna and if you're gonna do it. For sure. And the other thing is too is. You get people, and we have a lady comes in, and she's awesome. She buys um, all her seed and everything here, and she buys a lot. And she's going to make sure there's no starving birds in Calgary. I'll tell you. Um, but she, um, but the other thing people have to know is when you put the nut, uh, the, the nut mix out, or the sunflower chips, the birds go through it really quick. But and it, it can get costly over time. But what you, what people have to realize too, is you don't have to fill it every day. Like if it's empty for a couple days, birds are going to be fine. So you can, you know, like fill. No, they're not. Then, you got to feed them every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoops, wrong show. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely no. But that's true, right? Because it, it can get carried away. But I, I, I sort of think about things like this, like uh, uh, reality TV. It gives you something. If you spend totally. uh, like a hundred bucks a month, or say even fifty dollars a month, like it's two dollars a day. Like we we spend that going to you grab a coffee or you do something and. You can spend, you can get two or three hours of enjoyment sitting out there just watching the birds go at it, and it's it's always interesting. I, I don't know, that's one of my favorite things to do is just watching birds do their thing, and it's uh, it's kind of relaxing. So it is for sure. Lori, a, a lady that works here at the store, she does that. She has every like on her days off every morning. She has her coffee and she has the feeders out the window, and she says it's just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, well, she has a great place. And lots of birds can be yeah. all over her place, so it's it's yeah. awesome. So, what about the suet? Suet as yeah, well. I just wanted to touch on that right now. Is that the other good one? Because it has like, is there what what are the benefits to that? The benefit again, the the high uh, fat content in it. So um, basically, that's what holds all the seed together. So you know, you have your blueberry mix or your nut mix or your fruit mix, and that's basically a chunk of lard for lack of a better term, and it holds it all together, and the birds pick at that. And it's, again, really good with the high the high fat content and helping keep the birds warm. And most of the suets nowadays, I mean, I know we're in winter, but most of the suets, before you could never have them out when it was above plus 10 because they would melt, but most of the suets yeah. are all protected from that now, so it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. And we have a full right, well, that as well. Okay, so you're fully stocked up with all your bird seed? Yep. We got lots? Yeah, we awesome. got lots, yeah. All right, and uh, if you're looking to get into that, we have the further feeders and the bird seed down at Spruce It Up. So uh, go down and uh, visit Brad, the Birdman. He's down there all day today, and you can chat birds with him for hours and hours. <laughs> you can take him out and show him your your private feeders out back, Brad. So I'm amazed at how many birds are there because I walk back there and it's just like, the, and they don't even really move from you, right? They they just sort of nope. hang out now because they they know we're just feeding them, so they just think we're bringing out more food. So, yeah. Anyways, thanks for okay. thanks for your time. This morning, Brad, and yep, we no will problem. chat soon. Take Sounds care, take care, bye. Bye. All right, I gotta take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
And welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you want to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. Right now we're going to go chat with Greg. He has some soil that he wants to chat about. Good morning, Greg. Morning, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I have a situation. Um, I have a pot of uh, dirt here that was covered with black plastic for at least 10 years. So we pulled okay. that off last year, and we tried to rototill it, and you just you could barely rototill it. We managed to get potatoes in it, but I had to hand dig it. And when you walk <laughs> on it, yeah, can you believe that? When you walk on it, it just packs it right back down to where it was when you tilled it. Yeah. So we need to do something there to try to revitalize the soil. Yeah, it definitely needs some amendment. So what what you need to do is you just you got to add some not necessarily compost or but i would get some organic matter in there so some couple of really good things are that cocoa moss or some of the hemp soil and it just it just adds rather than, like you can use peat moss as well if you have that available but i, I like the cocoa moss a little bit better because it, it's a little coarser and it doesn't break down as much and you and you just work that into the soil you could also work in some of the sea soil or even just a couple of bags of, of potting soil. Like, if, how big of an area do you got? Oh, it's about uh, fifteen by sixteen. Okay, so it's not not huge. So, um, but it's still big enough. Where, but if you got four bags of potting soil, a couple bags of sea soil, and a, a couple bales of that cocoa moss, and just work it in, um, you'll be amazed. That will make a big difference. Just it'll loosen it up. It'll mix that soil in with. Uh, with that with your existing soil and and should be able to create a really good growing medium for you does does sand do anything for you in that situation yeah, yeah if you get the sharp sand you got to be careful you don't want to use like get the masonry sand because it has a lot of the fines in it and it yep. also and that all that that makes it harder oh okay so so i've seen people do that too they mix the wrong sand into their soil and yeah. then it has all that real fines in it so that's like where concrete guys are using it and it just it binds it tighter together so it'll make your your soil harder so it if you can get the sharp sand um that definitely works even some of the like even just like a really small pea gravel like even if you if yours is real hard like even that 10 mil um pea gravel you can mix that into your soil because it, it works really quite well because it works like an aerator like if it's really hard, but it's I think this thing it's important trying to get some of that uh, organic matter into your into your soil to help loosen yeah. it up. Yeah, is there any so, other way be, besides rototilling to try to, or am I going to have to dig it by hand again to get this in and then yeah, it? yeah, either that or like I said, unless you hire a bobcat or something like that turned over. But yeah, just rototiller or just the shovel, ten by fifth or fifteen by fifteen. You do a few rows. As um, soon as you can work it, I would try to go out there and just flip it over, let it air out a bit, then add your stuff to it and keep going over top. Do it a few times. Okay, and I'll just give work you a call the stuff into it. <laughs> yeah, give me a show and I'll come by. <laughs> sounds easy, okay. right? For me. Yeah, sounds yeah. easy. No, but it, it's, it, and it's hard when it's sat. Like, uh, unfortunately, in our area, we have a lot of clay content in our soil. So it, it, it can make it quite hard. So uh, you just want to loosen that up. Also, if you want to add some zeolite or gypsum, that really helps as well. Yeah. We're up we in the Huntington Hills, right? In the Huntington yeah. Hills area, up by 14th Street. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, all over Calgary, lots of clay. And you guys, it is a hard soil up in that area as well. So just yeah. if you want to get some zeolite and stuff, we got everything for you. So Thank you. All right. Take care. Have Thanks, Greg. You too, bud. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line right away. We're going to chat with George. Good morning, George. Hello, George. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Can you hear me now? Absolutely. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Um, Good. Question for you. Do you have any experience or advice about growing tobacco plants? Um. I, we, we do have some advice and, and a bit of experience. What type of, are you trying to grow? I, I, I'm just thinking of this spring starting, so I, okay. I, I don't really know too much other than I buy smokes from the gas station, and uh, I'm thinking maybe grow it. I got, <laughs> it's I got a little expensive, right? Here. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 we don't have the ideal, so it's something you want to start a little bit earlier. You can start it in the house. So it, I guess part of the the issue is getting the proper seeds right. um, to be able to grow, and so that would be the hard. Because I know we don't we don't sell any of the like the smoking tobacco um, seeds, but I know they're out there and they're available. Right. So we can uh, we can definitely assist in that i can look into it a bit for you if if you haven't already found some right but really you want to you just want to find the sunniest warmest spot you have as well like after you get them outside and i would probably recommend um just like i said if you if you have a nice little plot grow them in a row sort of, and i would maybe start smaller like i wouldn't invest thousands of dollars cuz let, let's try six plants or eight plants first and see how that goes yeah, and, that's what I'm uh, thinking, just a handful in the backyard, right? Yeah, you're not nice trying to take corner. over, uh, sorry? A nice sunny corner of the backyard. Yeah, you want to find the sunniest, sort of most sheltered spot you got, because that's right. going to be the key to it. Because once they get growing, they, the leaves are quite big, and they take up a lot of the the UV, right? And they, they'll need a lot of that to, to really come to fruition, to grow, to be able to get you to, so you can harvest them properly. And so I would just find, I would really amend the soil really well, similar to what I mentioned to that earlier color, mixing the in the coconut. sea soil. Yeah, the cocoa moss, things like that. Really work on the soil because that's where you're going to start with. And then getting on a good feeding program. And with the tobacco, you could just use like a 20-20-20 for most of the season. It's right. a good all-purpose foliage, and it'll, it'll really push those plants up. And, and that's the, the key to it. Yeah, and I'll tr- and what I'll try to do is like in this time of year when I'm, like the show's a little bit slower, I'll try and get on a couple of different people um, that for some of this. I know I've had a few people ask me about cannabis again, and right. I haven't had a cannabis grower on for a while. But I'll look at even getting a tobacco grower on and see if we can get some more hints of some people that have had success growing tobacco. And if if anybody has, give me a quick shout and uh, we'll, we'll chat with you on, on the air here and you can give George and I a few more tips. Like I said, I've, I've never grown tobacco um, per se, but I know a few people have. And uh, one of the guys who we chat with um, once in a while, Dwight, he, he, so I'll chat with him as well. 
and uh, and then we'll look at maybe doing a show in the next couple of weeks on on tobacco and maybe cannabis. So, so, so tobacco plants that that is a doable uh, absolutely uh, goal yeah. for Calgary. Absolutely. It, it's same with, it's like corn, right? You can grow corn, but we're not going to compete with Tabor, right? Like yeah. it's sort of the, it, it, it's some of that fun stuff and people growing cherry trees here. Like we're, we're getting, we get some good thing or, or pears, but hey, if we think we're going to compete with, we're not going to ever compete with Ontario on the tobacco market, things like that, right? So. Hey, there's two pear trees in the dog park. Me and my dog misses go walking in every day and it's quite awesome in the late, late summer, early fall. Absolutely. And there's some really good varieties. Yeah. And there's some really, and there's lots of great pears that grow here. It's again, fix finding the right variety. So that's sort of what I was saying to you, like with that, finding the right tobacco varieties that are the shorter season ones. So we got to find ones that will, will harvest in a quicker time than maybe some of the longer varieties. So um, let me see what I can do. And he may reach out to me at the store and uh, leave me a message there. And uh, I'd be more than happy. We can see what we can find for you. That would be awesome. Thanks for your time and your advice, brother. All right. Take care, George. You have a great Talk day. Talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm out of time right now. I got to take a break. The first half of the show is done. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and 6 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The Correctional Service of Canada has begun its vaccination pilot program for prisons with with four federal institutions set to administer the COVID-19 vaccine to a total of 600 inmates. The vaccines are being given to elderly and at-risk inmates at institutions that have no active cases of the virus. Now, this has raised some questions as to why the institutions with outbreaks, with outbreaks or why correctional officers are not receiving the doses first. Conservative MP Shannon Stubbs says the vaccine should be given to others ahead of inmates. At the very least, quite obviously, that should include frontline prison staff and correctional officers. The Union of Canadian Correctional Officers is calling on the government to roll out vaccines in the workplace but Ottawa maintains that is up to the provinces. Alberta is recording an additional 989 new cases of COVID-19 and 31 additional fatalities. There are now 827 people in hospital, 132 in intensive care. The 31 deaths announced happened over a range of dates from December 6th to January 8th. 11 of those deaths were from the Calgary zone. A Calgary police officer killed in the line of duty was laid to rest yesterday. Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo was at Saturday's procession for for Sergeant Andrew Harnett. A difficult day for so many in the city and across the country as Sergeant Andrew Harnett was laid to rest. It was just over a week ago on New Year's Eve that Harnett was conducting a traffic stop when he was struck and dragged by a fleeing SUV. Saturday's funeral was a private affair attended only by family, close friends and colleagues. A procession including Harnett's family and invited guests traveled from the funeral home to West Winds Police Headquarters. The Honor Guard marched on foot at the station. The location here so close to the place where Harnett was struck down while doing his job. 
Two CF-18s from Cold Lake roared above the memorial, paying respect to Harnett to honor his service and sacrifice, both as a member of the Calgary Police Service and as a former member of the military police in the Canadian Armed Forces. The funeral was granted an exemption by the Alberta Health so that 50 people could attend in person. Earlier this week, Harnett's brother told us Andrew was someone who really cared about the city and the community. He said that Harnett didn't need to be out working on Christmas Eve or on New Year's Eve, but he chose to. In addition to so many friends and colleagues, Harnett is being remembered by his mother and two older brothers, as well as his wife of seven years. They were expecting their first child this summer. His family said that Andrew would have given everything for the police, and he did. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. Courtney Baker doesn't know what she's going to do with the urn she's picked out for her little brother's ashes. The ashes were supposed to arrive by express post from Edmonton to Vancouver in the last week of December, but they seem to be lost in transit. You know, I just feel like it's not important to them. Like, you know, I didn't talk to my brother in some time, so not getting the closure for me to say goodbye. Like, where is he? A spokesman for Canada Post says the organization will be in touch with Baker as the item moves through their network. With the holiday season now over, it's that time to start thinking of disposing your Christmas tree. Karis Richards with the Nature Conservancy talks about a great way to repurpose your old Christmas tree. The Nature Conservancy of Canada is recommending that people put their Christmas trees in their backyard this winter. Um, By putting your Christmas tree in your backyard, that's going to benefit the wildlife that lives in our communities, particularly birds that are going to need somewhere warm and safe from the elements to shelter out those cold winter nights and also those winter storms that are, you know, going to blow in over the next few months. Richards adds that cutting up your tree and spreading it around your garden will help fertilize your backyard and benefit the ecosystem. Global News, sky tracker weather, a mix of sun and cloud today with a high of plus five tonight, a low of minus one and clear conditions tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud and five just like today. It's six degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line first. I got a couple Lynns on the line, and then I'm going to chat with Jen. She's down at the greenhouse down at Spruce It Up in the tropical house. But we have uh, two Lynns that have been waiting patiently. I'm just going to um, chat with them quickly, and then uh, we'll move on to Jen. Good morning to Lynn number one. Hi, Lynn. Lynn with the Evergreens. Yes, hello. Hi, Lynn. Yes, Merle. I have seen, there's an evergreen across the street from me, and it's got, I walked over, it's got lacy green needles, and it's it's open. It's not, you know, doesn't look like a Christmas tree. It looks like a, you know, like a tree, and, and but it's got red bark. And I've Googled it, and I have no idea. It's gorgeous. And it's, huh. Are you able to send me a picture oh, to the golly. same phone number? I would love to, but you know what? I don't have a, I don't have a cell okay. phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, <sighs> Darn. I'm just trying to. Think, but it's red bark, but it has it's needles. It's got a red bark. It's probably 50 feet tall, and and wow. but it looks like that. Uh, it looks like 
fluffy instead of like a like a Christmas tree with pointy branches. Yeah, I'm just thinking it might be a type of pine tree. Okay. Like, are the needles longer? Yes, and they they're they're okay. lacy looking like like you know yeah. how a pine tree needle is. Well, this looks more it's lacy and soft looking. Yeah, it, it could be. There's a couple of the white pines that are quite. They're like that. The, the needles are softer and they kind of weep a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it oh. could be that. And this is in Calgary. This is in Lethbridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So down there, to it's it's again they're just almost one zone higher. Okay. So, um, if any, do you do you know whereabouts it is? Pardon? Like, is it near? Is it? Is that where oh, you yes, are? It's right across the street from me in their backyard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went and walked oh. down the alley and got a closer okay. look. <laughs> you got my, you got my interest peaked. I'm kind of curious to what <laughs> yeah. it is. So, I would, uh, I would love to be able if you Do could, you know if what, you find Merle? a way, if you, if you know somebody that could maybe text me a picture or email me a picture, would be great. Right. Oh, I can email you a picture. I've got my iPad. I can go. Okay. Oh shoot! I can't. Got Wi-Fi? You can't walk across the street. Well, yeah, but you can take the picture first, and then just then come home and send it. You okay. know what I mean? You can take the picture on your iPad, and oh, then it it'll be on your pad. Way. Yep. Okay. So, and then just send it to Let's oh, Talk oh. Gardening. Let's Talk Gardening. At s i u g c dot c a u g c. Yep. Dot c a. Just spruce it up. Garden Center. Dot c a. Let's yeah. talk. Spruce it up, garden scent. Oh, that's what that is. Spruce it up. Yeah, the acronym for that's spruce it up. Yeah, dot C-A. So let's yep. talk gardening. At. And I'll get that right away, and uh, I'd love to see it. And if I get it today, I will try and let you know exactly what it is. But it, it, and down in Lethbridge, like I said, they're in a little bit different zone, too, so they can grow a little bit more. I know, like, cedars and things like that do well exactly. down there for you. And, you know, I've been all over town because I've been looking at trees. I need to buy three when I can get them planted. But I've been all over town. And this is, I haven't seen it anywhere in Lethbridge. I've just seen it across the street in in this neighbor's back. I could knock on the door and ask them and take a picture. Yeah, and they they might not know if they'd been there for, like, say, if it's that old. But, yeah, I'd love to to see. I'm assuming it's going to be a type of pine tree. But I'm curious to see if you can get me that picture. I'll see what I can do for you, Lynn. Okay. Thank you. Thanks much, Merle. Talk to you soon. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right. And now I'm just going to go to Lynn number two. Good morning. Hi, Lynn. Hi. I have uh, a Christmas cactus that I'm wondering yep. if I need to replant. Uh, I value it because part of it belonged to my mother who passed away in 1990. So it's oh, about nice. two and a half feet across, and it's in an eight-inch pot that's about 10 inches deep. But the soil is so hard, I can't even. Put I, I up. would, I, I would definitely transplant it. Like, I transplanted mine. I put three of them into like a a sixteen inch pot sort of thing, and I'm on bloom number three. Like it bloomed around Thanksgiving, and then it's bloomed at Christmas, and now it's starting to bloom again. Like it just they'll do well if they have a bit more soil because I know. Like those Christmas cactus, they use they use a lot of energy up, and their soils for whatever reason. I know it's they always seem to go that real hard, like you're talking. Yeah. Like they just they take everything out of the soil, so it, it definitely wouldn't hurt it. Just pull it out, put it into like a twelve or fourteen inch pot, get some nice new a soil in it. Pot or a deep one. Um, you can go deeper; it's fine, but it doesn't necessarily have to be deep. You could do more of a wide, like a pan type thing. 
Okay, or I need bowl. to break the pot because it's smaller at oh, the top. Oh, you have the narrow one at top? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I chatted about that last week. I have to do that same thing to my Monstera. Okay, so, so it won't break it or hurt it. It's still no, blooming. So just lay, lay the pot down on the ground and then just gently just, just tap it a few times to, so it'll break and then break it apart. And then pull the roots out, and and the the Christmas cactus won't have it doesn't have a huge roots. It's real fibrous, so you'll find it'll it'll come out of there really quite easily. And then just have your new pot ready to go, and have it sort of half full of soil, and then place it in there, and then pack in the Regular new soil. soil? And you sh- yeah, just a good all-purpose potting soil is great. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, and then just water it in. It'll have nutrients in there. And then if you feed it once a month, like with the 15, 30, 15, it'll, it'll, just, it'll respond beautifully for you. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, now I'm going to go down to the greenhouse, to the tropical section down at Spruce It Up, and we're going to chat with Jen. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. I know you're waiting patiently. And oh, uh, I appreciate that. Um, oh, good. Busy day yesterday. I even got to get my hands in the soil a bit. Eh? I got to <laughs> transplant a couple pots for you, help you out. Yeah, what a day. That was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, folks were in really good spirits, too, which was really nice to have in the soil. Yeah, store. I mentioned, I think it's important right now because I'm having, like, I'm debating whether to jump on a plane and go travel because, man, oh, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, going burn crazy or stir crazy whatever they call it like i'm ready to go somewhere and uh but it 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 is nice just to walk through the greenhouse it kind of takes you to a bit of a tropical section i know we get a lot of people come there to smile and they go thanks for thanks for having this place for us so yeah yeah and it's nice and that i mentioned that uh the father with his son that you and i helped there yesterday Mm -hmm. and it was just things like that are so nice, right? Like he just wants to get a plant and share it with his son, grow totally. this thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, their enthusiasm was, was really fun to have in there and get in there, get it done. Let's just go for it. And they didn't overthink it. Right. They just kind of went for nope. it and that's what we're going to do. And, <laughs> and as always too, I always tell people, if you have any questions, you know, give us a call or send us an email or comment on social media and we're happy to help afterwards as well you, we don't just send you home and you're on your own um you no know, you're not just one and done yeah yeah no and calling the store i know we get lots on our social media i know you and jessica are answering questions all the time on there people send in some plant questions mm-hmm. and different things so mm-hmm. yeah um so you're, you're having a big sale down there. What's going on? We are having a big sale. <laughs> and, and yeah, people love the sale as as well as everything else that seems to be in here. But the sale we're having is 25% off all 10-inch tropicals right now. So all those 10-inch pots that you see, there's some in the, the first oh, nice. top house, but the rest of them, the bulk of them are in that second, the expanded top house. Yeah. Nice. And some, you have some really nice big fiddleheads, figs, which mm-hmm. were... And they're still super popular, but they they make that they're a statement plant that if you put in your house, they they're like a piece of furniture. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is one way to put it, Merle. Absolutely. Yeah, they're they're gorgeous, and and the good news for us here is we have tons in the ten inch. We have the standards in that ten inch. We have um, just the full bush sort of plants in the 10 inch but um and if you actually really love that plant, we have them even in the four inch, and you can watch it grow all the way up. Yeah, but that's but that's when you're setting up your house 
Um, yeah. And that's what you want. You want a couple of statement pieces. It's no different than furniture. Like when you're buying plants, you, you got to it, – it's the same similar um, thought process. You want a couple of statement pieces that will give you that wow. And it, it's kind of funny. I was texting with my niece. She lives in Vancouver. And she's in that 30-ish range. She has a has a, has a kid already and a, another one coming. And she was just, she laughed. She goes, Merle, I, Uncle Merle, I was at the garden center. I spent 300 bucks on plants. Oh. She, goes, now, she goes, my house, she goes, now I know why everybody's getting into it. Because yeah. it just, um, it just does something to you, right? When you, when oh. you get into it a little bit. Yeah, it's true. It feels good, right? It's this, it's this breathing entity, and it's it's gorgeous. And you're right in terms of wanting to travel, but we can't quite do that these days. And so having that in there is sort of it just it definitely adds another element. You're absolutely right. And we do have a couple of the fiddle leaves that um, we got all shiny, got all their dust off their their leaves, and I've put one in the in the first chop house. They're stunning. They're huge, and um, yeah, they let you know they're there for sure. Yeah, and they're pretty easy to look after for the most part. Um, just, I think the biggest thing is people tend to overwater plants. So I think again, I know I've mentioned this a bunch of times: is let your stuff dry out in between waterings, and uh, and for the most part, you'll be fine. Yeah, I totally agree, Merle. That's usually the first one that we go to is is the water kind of issue. And I think those plants are very easy. I've I've been very successful myself here in Calgary with blowing, um, getting the fiddle leaves to grow and and do well. And so, yeah, I don't find them difficult to, if you have the light um, and you just, you know, pay attention to your yep. plant. <laughs> okay. And what other kind of, do you have any new f- sort of fun stuff in that's sort of different that maybe you won't see everywhere or? Well, that silver sword, we still have a couple left of those guys in the 10 inch pots, that philodendron that we were talking about. I don't know. If yeah. You it looks before. like, a sh- it looks like a shark. Like it has yeah. the texture of a, it looks <laughs> like a shark. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, they were pretty cool. They're a pretty cool plant. Those are very. I had a, a gentleman that he came back twice. He, the second time he he needed to have it, and then I I saw him just the other day, and he he, uh, he, I, he loves it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I've been thinking about it too because it just it sort of gives your and and not that all plants aren't a little bit manly, but that's a manly plant. Like you know, <laughs> like if you're looking for a little bit of uh, testosterone testosterone ego in your in your in your house, get one of those shark pretty, plants. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I know. I, oh, I agree. God. I think it's got quite a look. I know Lori's been eyeballing one of those too. Lori's ears, I'm sure, are buzzing this morning. But uh, I know she's had her yeah. eye on one as well. I don't know if she grabbed one or not. But yeah, that would be one of them. I would say that that is in here right now. You know what else? Who doesn't get enough love? Um, I think maybe because they're up and away. It's those uh, ten-inch macho ferns that we have. They're doing so okay. well, um, despite they've been around for a little bit. And I think, like I said, they're kind of up and out of the way. So I need to bring them forward. But all the new growth on there, even in their the little macho, pot, like a those, macho fern. Like that sounds yeah. like another manly, another manly plant. Hey, another, get one yeah. of those on a shark plant. You're you just gonna be full of that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They... Have but to there's... play the old village people song, macho, <laughs> well, macho. Well, man. That could be something we do today. But yeah, those guys are they're fantastic, uh, and a they would make a statement piece as well. They're not you know a hanging basket, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those would I be can, good. I can see you and Jess doing a. A TikTok video to to Macho Man with your Macho Ferns. Oh, it's on TikTok's happening today in some way, shape, or form. Awesome. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Always, <laughs> Thanks, always a treat. And uh, and and if you and if you're down at Spruce It Up, 
uh, don't forget to look Jen and Jessica up. They're in the, in the tropical house and they have lots of knowledge and they'll set you up with everything you need. So thanks again, Jen, and we'll talk thanks, to you Paul. later. You got it. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Or if you're calling from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. Love to hear from you. Do have quite a few texts going on, so I will see what's up. Ah, I have someone goes, I bet it's a tamarack tree. But the only thing is, is that the tamaracks lose their needles in the wintertime. So um, I don't think it's that one. But I, I did think that at first, too. Um, but if you're speaking, that is a gorgeous tree. And uh, But I don't believe that will be it. There's some unique older trees in in our canopies and some of the other little towns and different cities around Calgary, um, like down in Lethbridge, Medicine Hat areas. And then even if you go up north uh, a little bit in Lacombe, like there's tons of sandstone houses and different things in that in that little town. And gorgeous trees. So if you, if you get a chance, go for a little drive and slow down a little bit when you're going through. And uh, and take a look at some of the trees and different things that are going on around the little towns that you're that you're looking at. And here we go. I got another text. Here we are. Hello. When will you receive dahlia tubers? And when should I think about starting them inside? They they will be um, arriving next month. And you, and you want to start them sort of beginning of March, sort of thing. March April. Um, you can start your your dahlias in 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 the house or in the greenhouse. Again, I like to start them in a sort of a probably a one to two gallon pot at least. And when they get about eighteen inches high, I cut six inches off. I take them down to a foot. And that that time, I typically will put a a tomato ring over top of it, and then let it grow because it'll thicken it right up and it'll fill up through the through the pot and then help go into the tomato ring. So that way, when you go to transplant it, it's already have that support. And if it does start blooming and it'll grow and it'll hide the tomato cage and those tomato cages will help support those big dinner plate dahlias. So it'll make a, a big difference um, doing it that way. So again, but feed with 15, 30, 15, and again, when it gets about 18 inches high, I always take about six inches off, and it just thickens it right up. So if you're looking at growing dahlias, there's a, a little hint for you. Ooh, the, and this could be it. It could be a type of cedar as well. The lacy red bark could be a cedar. So interesting. I'm going to make sure I open my email up so I don't miss the email when it comes through. But yeah, no, it, it definitely could be a type of cedar. So that's uh, that's a good guess on that one so let's hopefully uh she gets that picture to me and figures out the she's probably out with her ipad taking a nice picture of it but it could be yeah big uh big giant type of t cypress or a big cedar of some sort and yeah, actually that's probably a good guess 
we should have ran a contest of some sort and, and see what we have on the go for that. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And those are the talk and text line. And what do I got here? I got a text. Oh, this one's to Jen. Thank you, Jen. Your idea about to put sand into the pots is the only thing that finally got rid of our fungus nut problem. There, that was a good one. And what Jen recommended is she they put about an inch or so, half inch or or inch of sand over top of your soil, and you, and it can look a little bit decorative as well, but that really helps out with the the fungus gnats as well. It just keeps them at bay so they don't get the the soil growing that fungus right on top. But again, it it will hold a bit more moisture as well, so you're going to water a little less again. So. Thanks, Jen, for passing that on to to our our great listeners here. And here we go. And I just got a text that says, "Love the show." Hey, thank you so much. And actually, I I owe everybody a, a big thank you. Um, this year has been this all through the season. The amount of support we received from all the listeners, and even this, like two years ago in January. Like I'd be dying to to get a caller or a text in, and honestly, I've had like probably fifty texts already. We've had a few phone calls, so I just really, really want to thank all the participation and uh, everybody that joins in. Because if you're doing talk radio, it does make it a little nicer if you have uh, if you have callers. So, thank you so much again. I, I really appreciate it, and it, it definitely makes my job a little easier, and it makes me. Uh, feel like I'm uh, out there with some people. So, again, here we go. Got another text. Hi, I brought my hibiscus in for the winter. Do I need to give them feed while they're inside? And do you have fresh seeds in? Absolutely. We just got a whole bunch of seeds in. We have uh, our Pacific West seeds in, and we also have our West Coast seeds in. And uh, two great Western Canadian seed companies. Um, we got lots and lots of seeds in. Uh, most of our grower supplies in as well. And we have these great new hemp mats for growing microgreens. So we got those in as well. So um, if you're looking at growing some microgreens, we got a little system set up for those as well. So if you'd like to give that a try. But right now, actually, I just looked at the clock. I got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770. CHQR. Mostly cloudy and 7 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Yesterday, Alberta reported 989 new cases of COVID-19 from Friday, plus an additional 31 fatalities. Ontario is reporting 3,945 new new infections across the province in the past 24 hours, along with 61 new related deaths. Quebec is reporting just over 2,500 new cases of COVID today, and an additional 39 deaths. And Quebec's first night of its province-wide curfew ended this morning with a few fines and arrests for non-compliance. Police handed out tickets of more than $1,500 to 20 people demonstrating in Quebec City and broke up a gathering in Montreal. The month-long curfew is in place to slow the spread of COVID-19 by eliminating gatherings. A mix of sun and cloud today with a high of plus 5. Tonight, low of minus 1 and clear. And tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud and 5 as well. 
It's 7 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and got a full phone board, which is, again, awesome for, for January. I just want to finish up that last text real quick. She asked about bringing in the hibiscus. What I would do is probably cut it right back to take take it down to about, depends how big it is, down to about 12 inches. And then just I would repot it, put it into some nice new soil because you have a long wait until we get into putting it outside again. So I put it in, repot it into some nice new soil and feed it with 15, 30, 15, sort of every two or three weeks. You don't want to push it too much. And anytime you can get a chance, if we get some warmer days, put it outside once in a while just to get that cool air, nice airflow around it. Just don't forget to bring it inside and uh, and you should be good. And uh, let me know how that goes. And we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How can I help you? Um, so I've got some older tarragonas. They're probably in their 30 to 50 years old. Um, and, yep. um, and, of course, they're falling over a little. I wonder, can they handle three-quarter trimming, or could they handle even a little harder trim than that? I would, I would take them right down to the ground. I, <laughs> I would just do a full rejuvenation. Um, because they're very susceptible to disease as well. So if you if you take them and you leave a big stump, they'll just they'll get rot into them, and they just will keep dying back. So it's better if you just take them right down to the ground. All right. And sort of like go to like four to six inches up. Yeah. Do nice clean cuts, and just make sure if a chainsaw, or if you're gonna or if you're gonna hire a crew like our prune it up guys, would be more than happy to come do that for you. Yeah. Nice clean cuts. Remove any of the dead stumps and stuff like that. And then once, once in the springtime, when you when it when you just start seeing the growth starting on on your trees, put a good soaker hose out there. Give it a really good drink, and then also you can water it with a, like a twenty twenty twenty. Give it a good shot of fertilizer, and you'll be amazed. Like you'll get probably four to five feet of growth the first year, if okay. not more. Because all that energy is going to go into new growth, and you're not going to be wasting it on trying to revitalize all that old deadwood. So it's okay. just going to get all into nice new growth, and it'll just—it's a little bit hard to do at first, but once you do it and you see the growth, you'll say, "Hey, a couple of years," you'll just say, "Holy cow, it's it's gorgeous now for a long time." Well, I know sometimes I've tried to trim some of them, and it, and it doesn't seem like they send shoots out of the when they've been trimmed that half or three quarters of it. Yeah, because they kind of get that rot, right? Because you, if you look on it, you'll see how the bark changes color, and yeah. it kind of rots and starts dying down, and that's the problem. So it just you have to just do the rejuvenation, then all that energy from the root goes pushes up, and and you'll be amazed at what you'll get from it. I've even done it when I've moved um, Caragana hedge, I've just cut it right down to the ground and I went in with a tractor and a U bucket and I just dug them out of the ground, put them onto a trailer and then transplanted them. And, and it just made it easier to transplant. And then I wasn't wasting the energy trying to support all that big growth up top. So I just cut them back at the time when I did the transplanting and all that energy just went into new growth. So, okay. Well, thank you very just, much. 
yeah, and just make sure you just give it a good, really good shot of water when when it's when it's refoliating, right? Because it's going to need a lot of energy because it's going to be pushing in all that new growth. So it's going to need some good food. So you want to feed it at least once a week, and just make sure you're giving it a good shot of water. Okay. All right. Alrighty. Thank you. All right, Don. All right. Bye. Take care, man. Bye bye. All right. Now we're going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, Merle. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, thank you. I I enjoy your program. I just had one question. Yep. The city's talking about putting all this uh, fluoride back in the water. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it sounds like it's great for dentists, but uh, does it affect plants? Actually, it it doesn't really. For the most, for the amount that's in there. There's there's not enough in it to to really make a difference, but it really helps your Venus fly traps, right? It gives them those nice chompers so they can uh, do their thing. Just kidding, but <laughs> no, it, it it won't affect your plants at all. It, it's fine. So the fluoride so, is not an issue. Not for plants, unless you had it like high concentrate of it. But for what's in the water and that, uh, I, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect it at all. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, no, that's a good question because we get asked that uh, different things, and and uh, and a lot of people like to they'll pour their water into into a into a pod or a watering can and let it sit for a couple of days before they before they water their plants and things like that, and and stuff like that doesn't hurt to do it. But I I know like I'm I just go right to the tap. I fill my I fill my but I use cold water. I make sure I don't use hot water because I have a softener which will add more salt. So I just use the cold water and I water all my plants and it's just ensuring every so often you, you flush them right through, right? With our harder water, you got to be able to put it into a sink or put it outside and really fill the pot up a few times and let the water flush out just to wash away the excess salts or any of the bad stuff in there. But other than that, you'll be fine. Yeah. You've mentioned before, you said we had uh, good water here. We do. We have really good water. Like, and they say, like, when it's tested against um, even some of the bald, bottled water, our stuff that comes out of the tap is better than what some people are paying lots of money for for some of that uh, water out of France. So, yeah, there there's you go. a lot of communities they got a boiler water. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate, right? We're showering with better drinking water than some people ever have to drink. So, we're we're very. I know we love to whine and complain here in Calgary about our stuff, but man, we're 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 very very fortunate on our resources, um, including water and oil and gas and the sun, all the things that we do have. So, I think we got to make sure we look after them. We don't want to be dumping stuff into our rivers and stuff like some people do in other parts of the world, other parts of our country even. So we're, we're we're I I find Western Canada we're very conservative in a lot of ways in our government, but we're also we're very good with our environment for the most part. Most of us want to have clean water. We want to have clean air, and and that includes uh, I think all all areas like the oil and gas guys. They don't want to pollute if they don't have to. So I think uh, we're all we're all heading in the right direction. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I've just had that of one course. question. About- yep, no worries. Thanks, Dale. Unless I hear any different, like you said, but it's good for your uh, Venus flytrap to get its chompers nice for those flies. But other than that, you're good to go. Yeah, I was just All right. I was just curious about a fluoride. 
Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dale. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, we'll hit the phone lines again. we got Jim, Ruth, and Megan on the line. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roll Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Jim. Good morning, Jim. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, I have a Christmas cactus that's really starting to bloom, and I was just wondering if it would be a good idea to fertilize it. Actually, you don't want to fertilize when it's blooming. What I would recommend is just continue watering the same way you have it. But if you have it right up against in the window, I would pull it away if you can into maybe a little cooler spot. It'll just ensure that the blooms will last a little bit longer for you. Okay. I have it ready because I know actually. Yeah, yeah, mine is too, and mine's just about like I said, mine's this. I'm going in the third one in the last four months blooming cycle. Um, But again, if you pull it away from the window out of the heat and maybe not so much sun, it'll it'll just make it last a little bit longer. Because sometimes if you leave it right in the window, the blooms come and go pretty quick. So if you if you just let it cool, yeah, put in a little cooler spot and maybe somewhere else and maybe in the middle of a kitchen table or yeah. something, and enjoy the blooms and then put it back when it's done. Yeah, it's but, really yeah, you don't wanna... towards the sun right now. Should I turn yeah. it around maybe? Yeah, turn turn it around the other way so the other side is going. And what if it's all butted up, like I said, I, I wouldn't hesitate to move it out of the sun a bit and this um, into a place where it's maybe just a little bit cooler and and like I said, then that'll ensure that your blooms will last a little bit longer for you. But don't do anything different than you've been doing as far as the watering. Don't change it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Just continue and, and don't fertilize when they're blooming because that will make it bloom faster as well. So you just want to let it finish its bloom, and then you can you can fertilize after it's done. Okay, that's okay. real good. I, I have a second question, and okay. it's uh, I have a lot of maples in my yard. And a couple okay. of them seem to have died off this year, and I didn't think you could kill them, actually. But uh, but trimming them, uh, how do you trim them without, like, I, I've cut them, and then a whole bunch of branches will come out in a spot where I've cut them. Yeah, and, and that's just, those are called water spouts. And so it's just doing the proper pruning at the right at the right places at the at the certain joints in the branches so that way you'll get it to grow where you want it to grow and those after you do a heavy pruning if you've had some dieback you have to just thin out those water sprouts like like when you get a whole bunch of them you got to take like half of them out and if you do it oh, right okay. away it's a lot easier so okay and just take the ones make sure you take them like look at where they're stretching to or which way they're going mm-hmm. and before you cut them you don't want you don't want to cut. You want to cut the ones off that are pointing towards the inside of the tree, and leave the ones that are branching outwards. If that makes outwards. sense. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It does. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. Good. You just don't. If it's a maple, just don't do much pruning in the winter time, because unless okay. you know it's dead, because it'll bleed on you. The birch and maple, we typically do pruning to them when they're fully leafed out. Okay, that's good to know. Alrighty. Thank you very much, bro. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? I got enough time. I'm going to go to Ruth. Good morning, Ruth. Oh, good morning, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Okay. In spring, I bought 
three stevia plants from your place. Yeah. Uh, yes. One of them died pretty quickly, but the other two, it turned out they were different varieties. Uh, I brought them indoors. I still have them going. One is going great guns, but the other one is dying off. But it produced seeds the first time ever, and I've grown stevia for like a decade. Do you oh, know nice. how to start stevia from seeds? Well, um, did you and you've harvested them? Yeah. Did you take the seeds off and you saved them and all that? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Then it's going to be quite easy for you. Okay. So what you want to do is get yourself a nice little seed tray. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just they, you want to go in about a centimeter underneath the soil yeah. and just put put one in each spot and and then just cover it up, keep them moist until you see them pop up through the soil and then they'll continue to grow. They're actually fairly easy to oh, really? to seed. Okay, yeah. because I'd read it online that they were difficult to seed. Maybe no, they're, they're actually about pretty in the easy in northern climates or yeah. something. And if you're doing it inside, you should be fine. It, it, the main thing is is this. Just keep it moist until you see it pop up uh-huh. out of the ground, out of the soil. And then your existing plants is just ensure that they're drying out in between waterings. The hardest thing with herbs is we, we get that powdery mildew and they get they get leggy in the in the house sometimes. So they just need lots of light. Uh, a grow light definitely helps with, with any if you're trying to grow herbs in the house because uh-huh. they do like – and a little bit of airflow once in a while, like – if you if you're near a window, except on that when it's about plus five, you got to be careful right. that you don't get that cool air blowing across it. Mm-hmm. But just a little bit of airflow once in a while for your herbs makes a big difference because they they get really soft and leggy and they don't like it. Yeah, I've noticed that. That's why I keep a fan, a circulating fan on them, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the other thing is the other one that's still growing fine and it is getting leggy, so I keep trimming it back. Can I take cuttings and transplant cuttings? Um, you should be able to. I don't see why not. I haven't never done it with stevia, but um, with a lot of the soft tissue plants, you're able to do it. If you use a number one hormone when you're doing it, okay. um, you should be fine. And just do it just below the node, right? So if you if you have three or four leaves on it, do it below the third section of leaves, pull that bottom section off, and then dip that one section where the nodes are, dip that into your rooting hormone, Make put sure that into your soil. Yes. Yeah, and then you should be good to go. Okay. It looks like they are both naturally in the wild. It looks like they both turn into almost a bush. Yeah. No, they can thicken right up. So Yeah, because one is quite woody, the other one not so much. And do okay. you, and how do you harvest your stevia? Like what do you use it for? It's well it's the sweetener, right? Yeah, I know, but how do you harvest it? Like do you are you using Oh well uh, when I get it when it's at uh seems to be reaching its peak on each branch, if I want to harvest it, I'll cut off a branch and hang it to dry and then just yeah. harvest it into a bag and put it in a like a coffee grinder to powder it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, well, and also and they just the mix that in. So it has a very slight chlorophyll flavor to it as well. But I find I use it yeah. rather than having to buy the expensive stuff. Yeah. Oh, nice. No, and at least you know what's in it, and it's saying you grow it yourself. So exactly. no, I was always. I've never really harvested. Like I know I've seen lots, and we grow in it at the store, and we sell it. But I was curious how people harvest some of these things. So it's always good to hear for other listeners as well. Well, another so. thing is if, you, or if you're fancying a bit of sugar flavor or sugar, take a piece of the leaf or take a whole leaf off, stick it in your mouth, and it's like chewing on candy. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. And we have a few fun ones that we have. We have one that 
it, it, it almost it gets super hot. <laughs> we have a couple of plants at the store that in the summertime we like to have some fun with. So it's hot. All right, well thank you, you so much. Background flavor. Yeah, too? it pops. It's it's like those pop rocks. Like it it almost feels like the pop rocks on your tongue, really? but then it gets really hot. Yeah, it's we have a, it's in the herb section. I can't remember the exact name of it right now, but it, it's a fun plant that we we had in the greenhouse there last summer. So. Well, do you only usually have your herbs in spring, like early, early spring? To- yeah, spring and all summer. And actually, I was just talking with Zoe yesterday. She's gonna, we're trying to get some in um, within the next week or so. We should have a shipment of herbs coming in. Oh. Uh, we like to wait over this dark period a bit where it's where there's not enough light, but now it's getting lighter, and so we're going to get our first shipment in in the next week or so. Okay, good to know. Thank you, oh. and thank you for all the all right. Advice. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good luck. Bye. Thanks, Ruth. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I got a tip from John from Drumheller. Sticky traps and those flute tri- flute fruit fly traps and then and the gnat traps from the indoor it's sort of those yellow sticky things and there's a blue sticky for white fly he was just saying they work great for bugs in the soil as well and he was just asking if we have them and uh he was just saying they work great so he asked me to pass that on and i'm gonna go to the phone line and we're gonna chat with megan good morning megan oh hi good morning Merle. happy new year happy new year to you as well Um, how can i help you Okay, so I have a question as being kind of um, a new um, amateur gardener only the past couple of years with vegetables and, and whatnot. So yeah. I'm wondering, um, as a professional, can you can you suggest like a schedule or a task list? Like, is there anything in January, February? Because obviously we can't do too much outside. But like, I mean, we learned some lessons last year about what to start, what not to start, what definitely to uh, yeah. not overgrow. <laughs> but, um, and, and that's the biggest speaking, thing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I find is if people, we get too anxious and maybe we start a little bit too early. Okay. <laughs> and so right now is the time where we want to, you can gather your seeds, get some of your propagation stuff ready and maybe experiment with a couple smaller things like maybe do some herbs okay. and maybe a bit of lettuce or some other stuff. Just don't try and do everything right now because it's, okay. we still have like half of January, February, March, April. Yeah. And that, like we, so we still have 90 to 100 days before we can put anything outside. Right. And the stuff will germinate a lot quicker if you like something. If you try germinating today in January, it's going to germinate a lot quicker at mid March. Right. And yeah. it's just going to, like, when I was a head grower at a garden center here in Calgary, we yeah. used to start January 2nd. But the only reason we did is because we just, we only had so many days in the year to yeah. seed everything. So we'd start with our pansies and everything, start early January 2nd mm-hmm. and, and go from there. Okay. But right now, but it's what what I like to do is go outside and look outside and sort of say, what's my yard missing too? Like, right. if there's anything you want to add to it, like maybe a bit of evergreens or maybe a nice pine tree, like I'm lacking some color or maybe a bit of privacy, um, and then those could be added in different ways. So I just kind of like to look at what what's needed. And then when I get to growing veggies, I grow what you really love to eat first and foremost, and then sort of work your way out from there. So you don't grow a bunch of stuff you're not really that fond of, which I find people tend to do. They grow three three rows of kale, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he has three rows of kale or something. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Our squash got yeah. so big last year, I thought it was going to devour me at one point. It was just gone out of control in the garden. <laughs> so, but, um, which is, but that's great, though, because what that does, it gets you, I find, too, if you grow something and you had success, you're going to probably eat it and you're probably going to enjoy it. So you might be eating some different things yeah. that you wouldn't normally eat as well. So I think there's some really benefits to this and especially for kids and, and growing tomatoes point. on the patio and, and your herbs and all that kind of stuff. So, Okay. Well, thanks so much for your suggestions. That really helps. I won't uh, and, jump the gun too quick then. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, and, and at the garden centers too, they have a lot more time to chat too right now mm-hmm. too. So if you're going into the garden center, um, if you have questions and things that, a lot of times they have a little bit more time to spend with you. If you try to go on May long weekend, it's hard sometimes for yeah. us to give you the full attention. But right now, if you wander in, like Jen has a half hour for you easily. So yeah, no, I <laughs> don't be afraid to go, to go in. there. So <laughs> awesome. All thank right, well, so thank much. you so much. Okay, Thanks. have a great day. Bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I have to go. I apologize. Uh, and when I'll get to Debbie offline, if she does want to hang on, um, I'll talk to her. And, again, thank you so much, for everybody, for calling and texting. It was a super busy show, probably the busiest ever in January. Thank you so much. And until next week, we'll get our garden on right here at 770 CHQR.